0: Welcome to the Trash Cats Trash Cast, I'm Richard, I'm Steven, and today we're on the defense. As you all may likely know, we've been under attack from our enemies lately, but we will persevere.
1: Not only that, we will justify violence in our defense with the help of our homegirl, Judith Jarvis Thompson. Our attackers do not stand a chance. Hell yeah. Today, we are talking about self-defense. Not in the lame, I want to kill teenagers for cutting through your yard type of way. But in a much cooler way, they're littering in my yard, <laughs> tromping through perfectly you know, your perfectly manicured yard. I
0: get that the the sidewalk in front of my house is public property, but you know the the grass to the inch of the side of that
1: that's, no that's your goddamn yeah. land. <laughs> <laughs> my dad got uh, shot with uh, rock salt by an old person as a kid, like cutting through a yard. Jesus. It's like, but those were the good old days where you could tromp through an old person's yard. You might get a little little peppered some salt, but you're okay. A little okay. seasoning salt.
0: <laughs> That's just a lesson. That's just a lesson. <laughs> get a little seasoned on the way home.
1: That's just a learning opportunity. Yeah. but we'll yeah, to go jump through all of our neighbor's yards. <laughs> yeah, today, self-defense. This is a really interesting philosophical argument that we're going to get into yeah but fun shit first how was your week um it was been a
0: week um i my nephew was born yeah um little uh, little baby little little baby keithifer it's uh he's pretty he's pretty
1: chill it's pretty cool kick-ass
0: cool baby yeah trash cat
1: through and through yeah he he's the he's, exception he... to our anti-natalist theory yeah <laughs>
0: that's exactly right he's an exceptional he, he, child yeah
1: he's he's allowed he's cool
0: but, I mean that's mostly it. Um just work other
1: shit. Super proud.
0: Yes. Uh well that yeah, yeah. so they they named him after me. They gave him my middle name.
1: Let's be clear. It's a middle name.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, it's
1: it, it, it counts for something.
0: Go fuck yourself. It felt, <laughs> I the amount of a combination of a pride that I felt with like a level of guilt of like now I have oh. to like make sure I live up to the standard of like what? That's
1: I don't really know. Cool,
0: the perception of of, you know, what someone would think about me to name a child after me. Yeah. You know, That's middle name or otherwise. <laughs> 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 pretty fucking cool. Yeah, man. But how are you doing?
1: Uh okay. Better than the last week and yeah, I don't I don't got much. Just kind of doop doop doop. I ate some Indian food. That was cool. Um, didn't fight.
0: (laughs) It sounds like these are the words of someone who's massively
1: depressed. (laughs) I didn't fight with drug dealers in my yard this week. You
0: you pulled the barrel out of your mouth right before (laughs) recording this podcast.
1: (laughs) Oh, you want to record a pod? God damn it. I was <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Well, I'll do Fine. this later. <laughs> I, can, I can finish this up later, I guess. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, just okay. It's
0: all right. As you're, you're speaking into the microphone as you're tying the, the <laughs> rope to the support beam. <laughs>
1: yeah, I would record. It. Yeah. That is something I would do.
0: Kind of, I mean, yeah, for sure. Especially if you can monetize it. Ooh. I mean, that's the real goal here. Trying to get <laughs> <laughs> trying to get a you know uh, uh, some advertisers on the podcast, get some Twitch sponsorships going. I'm just trying to pay you know. for the
1: funeral. That's all. <laughs> yeah, just pay for the funeral. <laughs> all right, let's get into it. We're skipping honorable mentions. We got too much ground to cover today. This this is a cool topic. So today we're going to touch upon the work of a philosophy writer that we all know and love, the person who popularized the trolley problem. She wrote Foundational Defenses of Abortion and a very interesting paper on self-defense, among many other things. We're going to read through the first half of a paper titled Self-Defense by Judith Thompson, a.k.a. Judy Jarves, who I'm going to try to refer to strictly by that name in the future, Judy Jarves. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we don't have the time to read the full thing, so we're just going to get through all the interesting parts. The paper is in a series of hypotheticals, and we're going to look at the first four parts specifically as the paper walks us through various stages of self-defense. Just a note, uh, we're going to read it unedited, and the second half that we hope you check out on your own, it becomes increasingly more complicated. The scenarios really build, and it's something that really should be read. So hopefully you guys find this interesting and are inspired to read the rest. It's definitely findable yeah, definitely read the paper in full. But uh, here's a brief introduction to Judy Jarves, just so we all know who wrote this and what we're talking about. And then we're going to jump right into the paper.
0: Big booty Judy Jarves was an American philosopher who studied and worked on ethics and metaphysics. Her work ranges across a variety of fields, but she is most known for her work regarding the thought experiment titled The Trolley Problem in her writings on abortion. She is credited with naming, developing, and initiating the extensive literature on the trolley problem first posed by Philippa Foote. Thompson also published a paper titled A Defense of Abortion, which makes the argument that the procedure is morally permissible even if it is assumed that the fetus is a person with a right to life. She was elected a member of the American Philosophical Society in 2019.
1: Yeah, when you you look up her work, her writings about abortion became so popularized and politicized she wrote a couple specific hypotheticals one about this famous violin player and you're put on life support to keep this violinist alive and it demonstrates an abortion argument really well but it's it's almost harder to find her previous work such as this self-defense paper you can definitely find it but everything that comes up when you look into her is about her abortion arguments because they are fundamental modern philosophy foundations that, that changed political arguments around the issue. Like she had a major impact on women's rights and just right to abortion stuff. She's, she's really cool old lady. (laughs) Should we do it? uh, Let's get into it. (sighs) Self-defense by Judith Jarvis Thompson. Number one, before we take a close look at it, we may think of self-defense as morally transparent. But what could be clearer than that morality permits a person to save his or her life against threats to it?
0: But what if in order to save one's life, one has to kill another person? In some cases, that is obviously permissible. In a case I will call villainous aggressor, you are standing in a meadow, innocently minding your own business, and a truck suddenly heads toward you. You try to sidestep the truck, But it turns as you turn. Now you can see the driver. He is a man you know has long hated you. What do you do? You cannot outrun the truck. Fortunately, this is not a pure nightmare. You just happen to have an anti-tank gun with you, and you can (laughs) blow up the truck. Of course, if you do this, you will kill the driver. But that does not matter. It is morally permissible for you to blow up the truck, driver and all, in defense of your life.
1: It's really good imagery. Very engaging. And visual i i like. it makes
0: me it okay. makes me think of uh that south by southwest um mm. uh, where dudes running from the the plane and like no the plane yeah. they're shooting at them and but instead of the plane it's just a truck
1: it's an old movie right yeah 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 never watched it
0: <laughs> it's a good movie i'll, I'll consider it <laughs> it's a good movie trust me
1: it is probably not necessary to stress here though the point is important for our purposes that you do not merely have an excuse for blowing up the truck. You are morally permitted to do so. Suppose Peter killed Paul.
0: For it to be the case that Peter merely has an excuse for killing Paul is for it to be the case that though he ought not have done so and acted wrongly in doing so, still he is not as much at fault for doing so as he would have been had he not had the excuse. And if his excuse is not merely mitigating but completely exculpating, then he is not at fault at all for doing so. But blowing up the truck and villainous aggressor is not something you ought not do. We cannot plausibly say that you ought not blow up the truck, but will only be in a measure at fault or in no measure at fault for doing so. You simply may blow up the truck. Morality permits it.
1: Okay, so her arguments so far essentially presuppose killing an innocent person is bad. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the baseline she's granted. She is building upon that and is saying right off the bat that there is nothing more human or essentially acceptable than to save your own life against Mm -hmm. aggressors, especially villainous aggressors. um, And in doing so, Even if you have to end your life, it can be morally permittable. Yes. Okay, so we're building from there. But why may you blow up the truck? The following answer suggests itself. The driver is villainously aggressing against you and would thereby kill you unless you stop him. And moreover, you can stop him only by blowing up the truck. The second clause is important. Suppose you had two ways by which you could stop him. One, blow up the truck with your anti-tank gun. Or two, wave your anti-tank gun and shout, Stop! Or I'll blow up the truck! If you do not actually need to blow up the truck, if you really could stop him by merely threatening to blow up the truck, then that is what you ought to do. It would be wrong to kill even a villainous aggressor when you do not need to do so. Now I think I find this very interesting. Mm-hmm. This is a philosophy paper, right? Yeah, she's she's laying track, right? Like yes. she, she's building her argument. I feel like, well, now as <clears throat> interesting as I find this paper, where I get kind of confused is when we get to some of these odds. So, she is claiming that if we could scare off a villainous aggressor, mm-hmm. opposed to killing them outright right away, that yeah. that is not only what we can do, it is what we should do. It's what we yes. ought to do. And I don't see, I don't see the necessary justification for that, in my opinion. And it kind of goes back to, I think she she puts a lot of emphasis on doing the least amount of harm. And in yeah. m- my opinion, I, f- I feel like going into these type of things, we should almost know the things she is granting, or the, the a list of things she's presupposing, because her argument isn't justifying to me why the minimal amount of harm is indeed something we ought to do.
0: I think more so what I I think people what what you should keep in mind with this is that it's circumstantially going to be different mm-hmm. in the way that you may not have the time to make that call to just wave it and and not shoot.
1: But that, and make, to irrelevant. make the
0: threat, and well, I mean,
1: that's circumstantial. I'm not arguing about the right. circumstance she's arguing, but more why she has the right to say what we ought and ought not to do in this situation. Because I don't, I don't feel like she's justified strongly enough. Why we, sh- if someone's demonstrated that they're going to kill us, I've even argued there should be no temporal limits of time to revenge right mm-hmm. say he tries to kill you you did shoot at him he missed he uh swerves around you but doesn't kill you if this man is existing in the world we know he has long hated us and he just demonstrate intent to kill me I feel like I should be able to uh act in revenge through self defense self defense at any point in time mm-hmm now, I don't see why, if this person has demonstrated they're willing, able, and attempting to kill us, why should we do the least amount of harm? What good is there in scaring that person off? Because if anything, I could see a lot of arguments from both realistic and philosophical damage from letting that person live. Even, even if you go well, the well, route he, of like, now they know they can do this to other people.
0: Well, here, here's where I was was getting with the circumstantial part of it is because if, if the presupposing here is that, you know, that by waving them down, you know, and, and saying stop or I'll shoot, mm-hmm. if you, if the, the, if what you're to, you know, uh, uh, Gain from that is that you are no, you know that they are going to stop and they are not going to come after you after you again or they are this situation is going to resolve as a stalemate reaction to that yeah but like arguably
1: it, you can't know that
0: right exactly that's it's circumstantial like where you do know that it it will end if you shoot them and blow up the truck.
1: I get what you're saying, but. but
0: if but and then I I think also that the the idea of doing less harm, if you're just going by a societal norm of don't kill people, or you know try not to kill people if you can get away with it, then that would be the baseline of of what what you want to achieve is to not kill somebody if you don't have to.
1: I have two rebuttals, Mm -hmm. the first of which is the waving the gun and assuming that we could stop them. How does that – how did your reply with that address her presuppositions?
0: Repeat that question.
1: You – I said she's assuming a lot that we should do the minimal amount of harm even to a villainous aggressor.
0: Yeah. So that's that's what I'm saying is if she's she's presuming that based on a societal
1: But that that circumstantial nature in my opinion if even if at the very least we call it poor writing she's missing fundamental support of her ideas on part one, I like this paper a I, lot. I, I like her I writing somewhat, a
0: lot. But. I somewhat – I, I get where you're coming from, but I also don't think that in a general sense, you should have to defend in, in totality that it's – It's a philosophy. It's a – on self-defense, not on should it be okay to just murder people.
1: It's not the same as murdering something. If – if, in her if there is, sentence, she even says, "What is more morally acceptable than to protect yourself?" And then three paragraphs later, we're doing minimal harm in protecting ourselves. That's a but big if you're leap, still, in but
0: it's opinion. still protecting yourself. Doing if if the idea is that you can do minimal harm, but
1: it's circumstantial.
0: But you choose, but you choose not to. If you, that's the thing. That's why I say it, it, it is circumstantial. So if you know, or if you have the idea, you know. Um, That you do think that it will work to do minimal harm, Mm -hmm. yet you choose not to, that while it doesn't make it bad, I would argue that it seems like a little bit more of a gray area than you didn't have any choice at all.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: And that's what she's saying.
1: Yeah, and and to your point, she – she already once has, and she continues throughout this paper stress quite a bit on choice in these matters. Like the, the line I think the paragraph before was not that you have to kill the truck driver or you should kill the truck driver, but is that morality permits it, and that it's yes. your choice whether you defend yourself at all or not. But right. I, I just I just wish there was a little more ooh, cat fight. I wish there was a little more so. Here, this is my second rebuttal that it it all kind of ties together. When we talk about politics, religion, any of those things, in reality, it all comes back to individuals' belief systems and individual philosophies. How you vote is a reflection of of what you believe, and I think a lot of times, like she's, I. I could be mistaken, but I'm like 95% positive. She's a very outspoken Democrat. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of times in philosophy, when you write to an audience, like it's easy to assume, Hey, we all want to do minimal harm. Mm -hmm. But if you talk to at least 30 to 50% of our country, that is a red blooded American NRA member, Trumper, 20-whatever, like, these people reading this would 100% ideologically, even if not in reality, would say, you should kill the addresser, we shouldn't do minimal harm. Like, I think a lot of times in this type of writing, that support that I'm kind of longing for is because a lot of people don't think how we do a lot of people don't think how she does and i think there's a i think it's a, a fundamental error to assume that everyone wouldn't want to do as much or to do more harm than necessary to a person who's trying to kill you because I, any fucking nra member it would disagree with
0: that. Well, no, I mean, wouldn't her stating that the way that she does that, that that's her expressing her thoughts on the matter. Preference. Yeah. It's I, like, she doesn't I, need to preface that if she's clarifying that it, that she is, she is stating that it would be wrong to kill even a villainous aggressor when you need not uh, do so. I mean, she's,
1: she's stating, and that's something to be honest it's something I've struggled a lot with this paper because she, she, as these arguments build, I feel like there are contradictions, but she's not, while a lot of her moral aesthetics or like actual moral preferences, I'm sure are through this, it's more a system or argumentative way to build the questions of what she's trying to get at more than maybe her true Philosophical preferences, mm-hmm. but I—I I mean, she is including odd statements. Like she is saying morality permits not where I think she where I think she's fencing some things out prematurely. That—that's all. I can see that. I guess I just think I mean, it'd be I, more. I, I get
0: her. I get. I feel like I just. I get the point.
1: I get it too, but I yeah. That doesn't mean it couldn't. Like I feel like the best philosophy here's, here's Stephen
0: to- over here, say, wh- wh- who's usually so against all the the um, you know um, preposition, you know, not prepositions. What's the word I'm looking for?
1: I know. Um, In a philosophy it, who- paper, you have to though, right? <laughs> right. Like I don't want my I mean, philosophy. If- I don't want Wittgenstein assuming. Um- <laughs> we should never use uh, i don't know possessive adjectives or, or some shit like I, I i want to know exactly how they're defending their point of view because she made an odd statement that we ought not use more force than we should and i feel like if that's the level 1 of a self defense philosophy paper that's mm-hmm. assuming that's like doing half the work she's not proving to me why I shouldn't use as much force as I choose. If a person is trying to kill me, Mm -hmm. if anything, she's supporting that I should, it's what could be morally clearer than permitting a person to save his or her own, his or her own life. She's saying it is so clear that we should save our own lives, but not necessarily at the cost of doing more harm than necessary. And I,
0: let me, let me give you, let me give you a different hypothetical. Mm -hmm. And I, just to see what your opinion is on this. Let's say you come home after a hard day at work and you you get in your door, you turn on the lights, um you walk into your living room and you see there a- asleep on your couch is the man who hates you and wants to kill you and you know that he wants to kill you and but he's asleep. Mm-hmm. And next to him is a pair of handcuffs and you you know that you could get those handcuffs on him. Or, you could just shoot him.
1: Okay, here's my questions. Yeah. Do I know he hates me? But does yes, this you know
0: you know he hates you, and you know he's he is there because he was waiting for you to
1: get home so he could kill you.
0: Oh, then like I, you got home later than usual that got, day. Yeah,
1: yeah, and he got he drank a little too much milk from my fridge. Got a yeah, exactly. He, he
0: he drank all that crow milk.
1: I would argue now, you should, you ought to kill him.
0: You would – so rather than capturing and making a, making them submit, you would rather shoot in cold blood a man s-
1: sleeping on your couch. Not in cold blood if they intended to kill me. They're lying but in wait in my they,
0: they They were lying in wait. Now they're lying asleep.
1: I don't feel comfortable leaving people out in the world who intend to personally harm me. If I could – That's fair. Create, uh, what's his name? Snap every person who wants to kill me out of existence, I'd be snapping all day.
0: It's fucking it's fucking jazz, baby. Yeah. Just <laughs> it's fucking like deaf poetry jam over at Steven's house.
1: I know realistically, you probably fall somewhere between my argument and hers.
0: Yeah, it, I feel like I mean it's circumstantial. It's I think it's the main thing to take away from it. I get though that if the if you're addressing society as a whole that the the idea of doing less harm is generally more accepted more morally accepted than you know killing for for in 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 a case where you have options that aren't killing then it would be without reason or without just cause
1: i don't disagree but i feel like a person writing a paper on self-defense has to prove that to me because I feel like I can argue a lot of reasons why I disagree or why she Mm -hmm. is wrong. So I I will, I'll circle back to, I'll let it go. I'll circle back to in a moment because I did write a a little note on uh, a critique of philosophy papers in general, but let's go back Mm -hmm. to the truck. So,
0: yeah. So the driver is villainously aggressing against you and will thereby kill you unless you stop him. And you can't stop him only by blowing up the truck. Why not say that that premise explains why you may proceed? I suggest that it is in at least one way stronger than it need have been.
1: Help me understand. So she's just saying it's stronger violence than needed. Correct. One thing I, I think would make philosophy papers a lot stronger and more convincing for better arguments, if there was a formatting that philosophy papers were required to fit loosely, including at the start of the paper, a list of presuppositions. And I see how this could get abused to lay the foundations for like really shitty papers. But Mm -hmm. I feel like looking at a list of presuppositions for an argument would tell me so much of what I need or don't need from what I'm getting from the author. And it it would build a lot more bulletproof writing. And as intriguing as I find this paper already, I just think it's a bit ungrounded only in the sense that there's no explanation as to why killing someone is wrong at all, or why doing more harm than necessary is bad. Why should we care if she thinks killing someone is bad? if we're able to merely scare someone with the anti-tank gun. It isn't so much a critique of her writing, but I I do feel this way about philosophy writing, where it has this, these gaping loopholes in formatting, and it would be really easy to have a list at the beginning of each paper of those presuppositions, a list of logics, almost like formulas, where the reader has to either agree or deny these lists at the beginning these formulas of logics and i think it would bring everyone in line right like if you get through the logics the presuppositions then you're all on the same page going through the paper if i Mm -hmm. agreed that murder is wrong or at least that something an amount of violence more or worse than what is needed It would be much easier to grant that the excessive force is worse than necessary. And ultimately, it'd just be a lot easier to agree with her conclusions going forward.
0: I think that's fair. I I think I like the idea of if you're going to do that, of instead of listing them beforehand, having them like cliff note style, like when you make an assertion like that, that's have it like... A, I hate it. Uh, just have like an asterisk, <laughs> like this is presuming that this... I feel like it when you have all the presuppositions like beforehand... That's important. What that will end up doing is instead of someone reading it all the way through, they're going to read that, get to a part they don't agree with and put it down. Or they're more that, likely to do that so. That is
1: how philosophy works. If I'm writing a paper on... um christian philosophy and my presuppositions are god is real uh like one god is real two god is the creator of everything god is uh unlimited powerful i have all those there if i'm just uh joe schmo off the street and i'm like hey i want to be convinced about whether god is real or not how about I read this philosophy paper on God? And I look at the stardom of the paper, and it's got an introduction, an abstract, and it's got its list of presuppositions or logics. And I get to the the third one, where it's like, oh, I do believe God is real. I do believe he exists everywhere. But the third one, He's infinitely powerful. I can't believe that. That I cannot get past. That means the rest of the article, the the writing, is it's not going to apply. Like, I feel like that's – you shouldn't make that go too – far. like, it shouldn't bleed into her arguments, but it should be leading you up to where her argument starts.
0: I feel like that's counterproductive with the point of philosophy of where
1: – To not make philosoph- assumptions?
0: No, but to – the idea is to not – or the idea of philosophy, at least from the way I look at it, is to gain a new perspective. no. That's, it's, it's. I mean, uh, if you're, you're pointing out, this is my perspective. And if you're reading philosophy. other people's
1: philosophy ideas, that's how we interpret philosophy. That's how we as individuals experience it. But when you're writing philosophy that I at least my personal then, feelings would be that it shouldn't be a sharing of perspective. It's a proof of what we believe is true. Like, I don't want to read someone's. Well, I mean it's not a, it's or,
0: not a scientific theorem it's philosophy
1: but it that it's the it equivalent. is it is feelings it is
0: emotions it is a, this is what i believe to be true but it's you can't say that this is proof and here's why it's here's the anecdotal evidence that i can i can give you that supports this theory or supports this idea
1: but good philosophy is essentially as supported or foundational, as close to a, a level of science as possible. It can't ever. I
0: disagree with that because science is based on uh, what. Where you do makes you do make steps in in logic to understand someone's philosophy. Like this is why when you were explaining to someone, like this is why I believe this. You have to have a A to B to B to C kind of thing. But when you have like the idea of philosophy isn't—it's not Let's, universal laws and, and truths. It's that—that
1: that might be fair. I might be injecting myself a bit. If we step back, philosophy definitionally is a study of fundamental nature of knowledge, reality, existence, especially in an academic discipline. So it's
0: the—I—I I, just—I want to say like I that's why I think it would be more fair to say that like philosophy papers especially should be more catering not catering to the experience the way that we experience philosophy that, that's not in the way that like it because what's the point otherwise you're just writing a thing that you feel and that's great and cool but like
1: no think th- think about it. Th- hear me out for one sec if yeah we could re. all right let's let's say we want to um uh, We're going to have a vote, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to have a nationwide vote on abortion, legal or illegal, right? Mm -hmm. And our politicians, now granted, most of their arguments are almost solely from a religious basis or an unfounded social view, right? Normally, the right is using pure bullshit religion, and the left is using pure social pressure, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, Like, a lot of the people may know why they think pro-choice is right, but the, the politicians do not give a fuck. It's all social pressures, right? Yeah. Um, those arguments, so like let's say you're on the committee to present the best argument for or against abortion, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to wade through a list, you're trying to do your research, you're trying to get the best philosophy possible. You could read a seventh grader's writing, a philosophy paper on why their experience, their feelings and ideas about the world and knowledge have led them to believe they should be allowed to have an abortion. And granted, that could be the most uh convincing Paper you read. But when I would compare that to someone who makes a series of arguments through logics, such as Judy Thompson in her In Defense of Abortion paper, where she comes up with hypotheticals where if you kill this violinist in this hypothetical, then you are essentially admitting X. Or if you agree to this hypothetical, you are acknowledging why is true to me Mm -hmm. a paper that is like that much closer to pure logic or science granted it's based on feelings and emotions and perspective and softer things it's presenting a much stronger harder ways to say not this is how i feel the world is but this is true And we accept that it is philosophy. We know it's not inherently true, but I feel like good philosophy is arguing as strongly as possible why something is true.
0: And I I don't disagree with you on that. But I feel like in that example you gave, the the idea of that we got on this because of the presupposition thing Mm -hmm. of like by not giving those presuppositions and giving the example of the violinist straight uh, you know off the front you are then getting them into you you are roping the the listener in to what you have to say if you start off by saying Ab- abortion is good and then everyone should be able to have one which should, the other that, side that doesn't presupp- believe in that but the other not, side that you're trying no, to convince
1: that's not a presupposition that would be a conclusion a presupposition For an abortion argument, like in this case with self-defense, it is that killing Mm -hmm. people unnecessarily is bad. It is that uh, maximal violence when it can be avoided is bad. Very basic things. For an abortion thing, I don't know off the top of my head what those would be. It shouldn't give away the conclusions of the paper. It should just be getting you the foundational things such as um in the it, it might be the exact same thing in most philosophy papers in the abortion paper those presuppositions could be killing a child is bad doing more shouldn't kill people like it could be those very basic things but i feel like without those building blocks it makes the arguments much weaker it shouldn't ruin the paper mm-hmm.
0: i think i think the 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 core thing that we're hitting is a difference in learning not i guess not learning isn't maybe the proper word but a it's just what yeah i think i feel like i a narrative anecdotal example type is, (laughs) is an easier way to get me into a thing
1: but it's not a good way it's a good way to convince someone but it's not a good way to prove something
0: right but i'm saying if that's the if the idea is the list. We got onto this because of the presuppositions at the beginning of a paper, and I feel like that's not the best way to start a thing where you're trying to convince or trying to have somebody understand a different way of thinking than they might already think.
1: That almost makes me feel like there should be two types of philosophy papers, where one it could be has the logics, has proofs, and it's literally just bullet points, like by Time Star Theory or like Destiny's Life Philosophy. It's a series of bullet points where it's all uh, beliefs- True statements, oughts. And then it almost should be paired with the other type of philosophy paper where it's the convincing argument. Mm-hmm. I, I think that would be cool if papers were paired that way together.
0: Well, now that we got that out of
1: the way. It's important. It matters. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Let us take a look at our second hypothetical case, which is like the first, except in this respect. A driver is entirely without fault for what he is doing. How can that be, given that he is chasing you around the meadow in a truck, trying to run you down? Well, let's suppose some villain had just injected him with a drug that made him go temporarily crazy. It is not his fault that he is going to kill you if you do not blow up the truck. He is not villainously aggressing against you, but he is aggressing against you, and he will in fact kill you if you do not blow up the truck. Does morality permit you to blow up the truck? I think it does. I think self-defense is permissible in this case, which I will call innocent aggressor, just as in the case I called villainous aggressor.
1: Do you agree or disagree that you have I, to, you should be able to kill the innocent aggressor? I agree. Yeah. In the real world, this is essentially a mental illness clause. Yeah. Now, it is interesting, right? I, I'll be the first to admit I've done a lot of stupid thing on drugs. Drugs can often, like fuck you up, make you do shit you wouldn't normally do. But my argument's always it brings out a true inner version of you, even if it's Mm -hmm. not the version you are typically going to present. But you definitely can be in states where you're not in any control of yourself. Most of the time, you're in a limited capacity or control of yourself. But it's very interesting because I think a lot of people would say – I don't know. I think a lot of people when it comes to s- certain things would argue that a person has capacity, but other times would argue they don't. Do you know what I mean? Like if C- capacity to kill? No, like capacity like the- let's say you have someone who um who thinks an innocent aggressor should not be killed. There mm-hmm. let's say it's a person who's like, "Hey, they're not thinking clearly this person was drugged against their will they completely have been zombie hijacked they are no control themselves even though they are going to kill me i feel like i shouldn't hurt them right Mm -hmm. yeah now let's when when it's done to them they feel that way but if the person's choosing a, a drug that's frowned upon a lot of people their 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 song changes
0: uh yeah, okay, and, I and see what you mean now.
1: Realistically, that's super incongruent with what they actually believe. Like the reason why the person's autonomy or capacity is limited matters to the the offender.
0: It's all about consent, man. Consent to to take the drug, rather than I mean, the, from from that perspective, I would assume. Uh, I don't
1: think, I don't think that's true at all. I think that it,
0: well, in, in the example that she gave, like they were injected with something.
1: Sure. Against.
0: Yeah. A, 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 yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the idea would be against their will. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, it's not that I would agree with that based on that. I still think you have the right to kill the innocent he, aggressor. I'm sorry. But-
1: here's a much better example all right so she's doing innocent aggressors let's all do my version the mental illness version reduced capacity we have a a child mentally retarded handicapped they're coming to attack me we can obviously see i'm not being shitty this, this Uh, We can obviously see they're trying to hurt us, and they're not in control of their actions. They don't have the same level of rational thoughts. Most adults would feel, whether they feel like they should or shouldn't defend themselves, they can at least understand or have empathy for that child, right?
0: Yes, yeah.
1: Now, let's make it an adult male, much scary looking. They're homeless as fuck. They look trashed. But we know if we x-ray vision their brain, they have the exact same amount of capacity as, as the child we didn't even want to defend ourselves against because we knew they weren't in control of themselves. Mm-hmm. When that face changes, a lot of people's opinions do. Now, yeah. and if we take it like a step farther and we have a drug addict and they look Like, they made a lot of these choices themselves, but if we could x-ray their brain again, we see they even have a lower capacity, it still changes people's opinion of what they believe. Yeah, you're right. But I suspect that most people would say that while self-defense is permissible in the villainous aggressor, that it is merely excusable in the innocent aggressor. So she's saying some people might feel that when it's an innocent aggressor, that now self-defense is just excusable. Right.
0: Not permissible, just excusable.
1: Yeah. Should we agree with them? By hypothesis, the driver in villainous aggressor is villainously aggressing against you, and the driver in innocent aggressor is not. But how exactly could that difference be thought to show that while it is permissible for you to proceed in villainous aggressor is merely excusable for you to proceed in innocent aggressor? So now she's posing the question of why... This is that way.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I I understand where she's coming from. Do tell. with that. I I understand understand where she's coming from with the idea that it's it is excusable but not permissible. I can understand where she's saying that there are people that think this, and I, I think once again it's there. There are circumstances where I could also be swayed that way. But I still think it's would be permissible.
1: I like this paper because it's so visual. It's very creative thinking. And it is, it is also really good moral guidelines. Yeah. I don't necessarily feel like you can prove why something is or is not acceptable. At the end of the day, it is all moral aesthetics. I, I just wish I, I wish there was like a Just something a little bit deeper. But she is trying to prove this point, so let's see what she says.
0: Perhaps it will be thought that the point is this. The villainous driver is less worthy, or less good, than the fault-free driver. But the fault-free driver, too, might not be a particularly worthy person. His being fault-free and innocent aggressor consists only in his being free of fault for the particular aggression that he is currently committing.
1: I find that to be a very funny and insightful point. She's mm-hmm. basically like, "What if the, 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 <laughs> the villainous aggressor could just be having a bad day, while the innocent aggressor, their whole life might be a piece of shit that's been hurting people all their life, but today they're innocent. Does that change yeah. how we judge them?" <laughs> right. It's very clever. Yeah. Alternatively, perhaps it will be thought that the point is this: the villainous aggressor deserves punishment for his aggression. Whereas the fault for driver does not. But who are you, private person that you are, to be dishing out punishment to the villainous for the things that they do? And anyway, what makes it permissible for you to blow up the truck in villainous aggressor is not the fact that the driver in that case deserves punishment for what he is doing, or else it would also be permissible for you to blow up the truck even if you do not need to do so to save your life. I like where this is headed. Yeah.
0: Moreover, to say that self-defense is merely excusable an innocent aggressor is to say that although you would not be at fault for blowing up the truck in that case, you ought not blow it up. You act wrongly if you do. I think that cannot be right. I think it an excessively high minded conception of the requirements of
1: morality. I'm trying to understand this. To say that self defense is merely excusable in it. Innocent aggressor is to say that although you would not be at fault for blowing up the truck in that case, you ought not blow it up. You act wrongly if you do. And she disagrees with that. Okay. Um, I'm struggling a bit. I really do like her idea of vengeance, though, of she's pointing out. That if we feel the innocent aggressor does not deserve to be killed because they're innocent, then we also um, we can't judge the villainous aggressor because they think we think they're bad. That are our, our actions in regard to violent defense. Would be wrong if we're judging it on the morality of the person opposed to the idea itself.
0: Yeah. Just that if it's excusable but not permissible, then it would be wrong to do so rather than if it's permissible, then it's you are in the right. Well, and she's saying that I don't think that that's that's correct.
1: Mm. It might help also if I stress that I am not saying here that the fault of an aggressor is nowhere relevant to the question of what you may do to defend yourself. I say here only that it is not relevant when what is in question is his life for yours. What if we lower the cost to you? I should think that fault is also irrelevant when the aggressor would otherwise blind you or cut off your legs. The aggressor's fault or lack of fault has no bearing on whether you may kill the aggressor to defend your eyes or legs. Death is worse than blindness or being without legs, but other things being equal, morality does not require submission to such an aggressor, even if he is without fault. I should think more generally that the same holds whenever the aggressor would otherwise cause you very grave bodily harm. Similarly, if we go to the other extreme and imagine prospective cost to you is minimal. If the aggressor would otherwise take your wallet or hat, then you may not kill the aggressor to defend yourself, whether or not the aggressor is at fault for his aggression. That it is a villain who would otherwise take your wallet or hat is not sufficient reason to kill him to protect it. I I think it's shitty Let's say, here's the argument. I spend my whole life working to get a house. My life goes terribly. I don't make much money. I finally save all, all my money pulled together. I finally buy my piece of land. And I get one square foot of property. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I can And some
0: have. teen comes over and steps on it.
1: Yeah, but... It wouldn't be just some dumb teen. Her point would be, let's say we know it is a bad man. This is someone who actually is a bad person. Morality, bad. When we look at them, we know. But all they're doing to us is stomping through our our property. They put their Mm -hmm. foot and they, they mud it up and kill all the grass. They spray poison on my property, even though it's only one foot, but it's All of my property. They bend one blade of grass. She's saying our. Whatever justification we have. To do X, Y, or Z. Should not be based on who they are. But what they did. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I don't want to kill people. For stealing my wallet or hat. But I think it can be acceptable. If we know that. If we know that person. Has stolen 10 million wallets. (laughs) <laughs> if we know this person stomped.
0: the greatest wallet thief yeah. of all
1: time, <laughs> what if what if we know for a fact this very bad person? They've killed so many people, but they mainly just go around stomping up every person in America's yard.
0: <laughs> That's just how it starts.
1: <laughs> and they get to our yard and they touch our blade of grass. I think based on who they are, our level of defense could. Have a lot more room to change. I don't, I think I disagree with her.
0: I can, I can see where if you were, I mean, it's circumstantial again, where if you are in a position where you think that.
1: I have the example. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Do you let a rapist touch your girlfriend like a gentle pat on the back? Like, you know who they are. You're at a bar or some shit. You know they did something very heinous. They beat their court case, but Mm -hmm. they're still allowed in public. And this person just pat your girlfriend on the shoulder, right? right? Hypothetically, it doesn't matter that they pat them on the shoulder. In general, that might not be okay. We might we might say something, we might not. Whatever, it depends on the situation. But if we know that person did it, it changes it a lot.
0: I don't think it it that is worth sh- killing them over. It could just for what if, just what if, for if that older action? Cr-
1: what if all their crimes were? Violent sexual assaults after they stalked women that looked XYZ the same way your girlfriend.
0: That's is. So that's the circumstantial thing that I was going to get to okay. is that if you are in a position where you have a knowledge that tells you that this person is dangerous beyond that action that they are committing or that this is how
1: it starts, like
0: it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's going, yeah, this is, it's going to lead what they're doing now is the lead up to a further violence then you can start looking at that option differently. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at this from the the perspective that, okay, this is someone who is mugging you in an alleyway, shooting them while it would make if the idea is like they make it like they have a gun or something on you and you fear that you might die, then you can argue that, okay, it's, You know, turning around and shooting or something might is excusable or is permissible. but if if they're just like, hey, give me everything in your pockets, and they're not like pointing a gun in your face. Yeah.
1: Now I would largely probably agree. Um, where or like as a preference, I don't want to necessarily have to take violent action when something's taking someone's taking something small from me. but let's mm-hmm. say for example, someone took something very valuable to me when I was very young and I made an oath to myself <laughs> that I would never let a bully take anything from me ever again and that was a personal point of pride that I wasn't gonna let other people exist in the world where they could take my things. And some dumb piece of shit that looks very not strong and not cool tries to take my shit in a dark alley. They have a weapon, but they don't look like they're... They don't have a weapon. They just are saying they could kill me if I, don't do, if I don't submit to their will. I think it's acceptable to react with violence to them. I don't necessarily so to react with,
0: to, is, to, say, to react with violence... But killing react them. with, yeah, killing them. I is, think it's I acceptable. Think is that, I, I think it's different.
1: I think when I hear someone else say it, I think it is bad. But if I think of myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, like I, I mean, can it, kill I, people, but you guys can't. <laughs> no, I
1: don't think they can't, I th- I, but I, I see know, it as bad. But, I, know, I know what you mean. But I'm it's just... more like, do I want to exist in a world where people can take things from me and I can't defend myself to the death? Where' mm-hmm. like I don't want to fight to the death over a wallet, but if if I chose to because I didn't want that to be acceptable i'm I don't want to live in a world where we have to submit to every single thief where mm-hmm. the strongest man gets to take whatever they want right, and, and if it requires violence to if if it requires deadly force to the point of being able to stop that, I think that is acceptable.
0: Man, don't take my fucking wallet That ruins your whole, like, two weeks Of you, like, go, having to go to the DMV And get a new license Make a
1: fake ID get You them. gotta
0: call all your bank cards Remember, you know, your your Home Depot Gift card you had in there That's gone All your dumb shit, you, you gotta, you know, replace it's, it's the worst The pictures of your, your dog and
1: Of your last wallet that
0: got stolen A <laughs> <laughs> yeah, picture of the last wallet that you got stolen Is right there fucking love that wallet (laughs) there is room for argument however at places between these extremes a very grave bodily harm on the one hand and the loss of wallet or hat on the other hand suppose an aggressor will take not both your legs but only your left foot unless you kill him here the aggressor's fault or lack of fault thus it may be thought that you may kill him to defend your left foot against his aggression if he is at fault but not if he is without fault i leave this open I also leave open what should be said in cases in which it is not certain that the aggressor will cause you harm if you do not kill him, but only more or less probable that he will. What I think is clear in any event is that if the aggressor will certainly take your life unless you kill him, then his being or not being at fault in his aggression is relevant to the question whether you may kill him.
1: But as I said, I suspect some people would say that self-defense is merely excusable in innocent aggressor or at least would feel uncomfortable about saying that it is permissible. I have a hypothesis as to what is at work in anyone of whom this is true, and we'll come back to it later. Suppose, however, that we are in agreement that morality permits blowing up the truck in innocent aggressor, as in villainous aggressor, so that you do not in either case merely have an excuse for proceeding. Then we are in agreement that the fault in the driver in villainous aggressor does no moral work in making it permissible for you to proceed in that case. But then that the premise we looked at, by appeal to which it might be thought possible to explain why (laughs) why you proceed in villainous aggressor, was stronger than it needed have been. I fancy we overrate the role of fault in many areas of moral theory. Farther examples would turn up shortly.
0: Okay, follow. Then why may you blow up the truck in the two cases? Why not just say this? The drivers are aggressing against you in the one case villainously, in the other case without fault, and will thereby kill you unless you stop them. And you can stop them only by blowing up the trucks. And that premise explains why you may proceed. But isn't this the premise too stronger than it need have been?
1: I don't know if it is stronger than it need have been. My, in both of those, if I had to, if I was writing her paper with her premises and i had to reply to him i would say you're allowed to kill both because they're threatening your life that you don't we don't maybe it is not good to kill people or to do more harm than needed but i should be allowed to kill infinite people if they are trying to kill me
0: i feel like that goes against your argument of the presuppositions if you're saying that that this is the only premise that you you need that just saying that whether they're acting villainously or not or without fault, if they're going to try to kill you, you can stop them by blowing up the trucks. That's that without a, a presupposition, is I think that goes against what you were saying earlier that it's presuming that you feel that way, that there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it at any point. There is no other.
1: I don't, there, there, it's, it's, I don't. It's not understand worth the point you're making at all.
0: I the point you. I'm making is, is the the difference in what she's saying here versus what she's saying before is saying that it's worth looking into whether it's excused or permissible. I agree. And so what she's saying now is that the the premise that she just that that I just read is saying that why not just say is like if if you may blow up the truck in both cases. Why not just say that whether they're aggressing against you villainously or without fault, and you will thereby – they're going to kill you unless you stop them. You can only stop them by blowing up the trucks. You're,
1: you're making the point that she's writing this more – from a goal to be more convincing than to outright state belief. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. I just – I, I, I think I, it I would feel be like better writing a lot of the time if – things were stated clearly as well even if it if you don't well, like yeah, it before but, but the, it could be but, a uh, post but that's that's what
0: i'm what i'm saying is that she's not if she were to have the paper start with this instead as she's saying that like the reason that she doesn't say that is because it needs more i take your point for
1: but i don't know if you, it you were saying
0: need that you, you you were saying that it, it's not stronger than it need have been no, she, I think in her case what she's trying to say is that it's stronger than it need have been because she didn't she's not clarifying there's there's more nuances to yeah. it that she's not clarifying
1: I take your point but I, I th- when I'm hearing her say but isn't this premise too stronger than it need have been what I am taking from that is she is saying that to say, killing infinite people, whether they're innocent or villainous, just because they're trying to end your life, she is saying that that might be a stronger statement than is needed. And I don't know if it is. or she, I don't know if she's saying the, that amount of force is stronger than it needed been, or that no, level I, I of think- justification is more
0: than needed. I I think what you what you said it the first time. Just saying that that as a blanket statement is stronger than needed. I think what she's saying is that it's you don't you it shouldn't be put that way because there are nuances. If you're getting into the nitty gritty of what's moral and what's you know, then that's why you open up you know the trolley problem t- kind of situation yeah. kind of shit.
1: I take your point but I I think the argument what, while there are nuances the reality of
0: I know, I I agree with the with the point of yeah you should be able to defend yourself regardless yeah. of whether they're villainously aggressing against you or they're you know uh without
1: fault like whatever Yeah yeah I'm with But you. yeah 3 In the third hypothetical case I will call the innocent threat this one's funny. You are lying in the sun on your deck. Up on the cliff top park above your house, a fat man is sitting on a bench, eating a picnic lunch. A villain now pushes the fat man off the cliff down towards you. If you do nothing, the fat man will fall on you, but he'll be safe. He is very fat, so if he falls on you, he will squash you flat and thereby kill you. What alternatives do you have? Well, you only have time to shift the position of your awning. If you do this, the fat man will be deflected away from you. But deflecting him away, you will be deflecting him past the edge of the deck, down onto the road below. Does morality permit you to shift the awning? I think it does, she says. I also think it does. Yeah, I have a lot of empathy for that fat man being used as a murder tool. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) But I don't well, want they to
0: why do they gotta do my people like that
1: yeah i don't want to be squashed either though i
0: uh, immediately <laughs> had a uh, and, and picture in my head of do you remember
1: from space jam where uh <laughs> the sexy bunny rabbit that's been fetishized since the movie's oh, release well i mean
0: absolutely everyone thinks of <laughs> lola, lola? <Bunny>. yeah <laughs> um but i was thinking of um god damn it what was his name um Hold on a second.
1: Michael Jordan?
0: No, <laughs> not Michael
1: Jordan. You know he was a really good basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> I I figured you'd know his name, but I guess.
0: I do I do know Michael Jordan. Um, Stan Podolak. No, I do have No fucking. Oh, name. oh. oh
1: no, okay, that that Newman. was the character's
0: name. Newman. Yeah, Wayne Knight. Wayne yeah, Knight. Yeah,
1: Newman.
0: yeah, yeah. Flat Newman. Yeah. Yeah, where he gets squished by one of the Monstars and he gets flat. That's what this made me think of. Sorry, I just hope everyone else looks that up. <laughs> As I said in the preceding section, I suspect that some people would say that while self-defense is permissible and villainous aggressor, it is merely excusable in innocent aggressor. I suspect that even more would say that self-defense is merely excusable in innocent threat. Why so? The innocent aggressor, though without fault is at least aggressing against you. The fat man is not only without fault, he is not doing anything at all. He is merely falling toward you.
1: He's actually just dying. Yeah. <laughs> his whole role on the, in this is killing someone I, I, in his death. Just, he is the trolley. Yeah. I think that the difference makes no moral difference, and thus it is permissible for you to proceed an in innocent threat just as villainous aggressor and innocent aggressor. I have a hypothesis as to what is at work in those who think otherwise, and we will come back to it later.
0: Suppose we are in agreement that morality permits proceeding an in innocent threat, just as in a villainous aggressor and innocent aggressor, so that you do not in any of these cases merely have an excuse for proceeding. Then we are in agreement that the aggression of the drivers in villainous aggressor and innocent aggressor does no moral work in making it permissible for you to proceed in those cases. But then the premise we looked at, by appeal to which it might be thought possible to explain why you may proceed in those cases, was stronger than it need have been.
1: How to Weaken It The premise says, The drivers in Villainous Aggressor and Innocent Aggressor are aggressing against you and will thereby kill you unless you stop them. And you can stop them only by blowing up the trucks. It follows that the drivers in those two cases will kill you unless you kill them. Can we say that of the fat man, an innocent threat, that he too will kill you if you do not kill him? If so, then it is plausible to think that what is at work in the third case is the same as what is at work in the first two. That is, it is plausible to think we can explain that permissibility of proceeding in all three cases by appeal to the fact that in all three, the man you kill, if you proceed, will otherwise kill you. It
0: might be replied, however, that this is not true of the fat man in innocent threat. I said earlier that if he falls on you, he will squash you flat and thereby kill you. But is it really right to say that if he falls on you, he will kill you? It might be said that while an event consisting in his fall on you will kill you, he will not have killed you. After all, he will not have aggressed against you. He will merely have fallen on you.
1: It's kind of interesting. So she's going back to our first two cases to explain... Depending on what your logical arguments were, if your argument relied on the fact that if you did not kill, you would be killed, then in this case, that would not do moral work in your argument, because this person is not going to kill you themselves, they have merely fallen on you. (laughs) Yeah. If we are moved by that idea, then we will think that the premise should not be weakened in a way I just pointed to. Perhaps then we will have the following thought. Even if it is not true, of all three, the two drivers and the fat man, that they will otherwise kill you, they are in any ways all threats to your life. Threats to your life that you can defend against only by killing them. And perhaps we will think... That this is what the premise should be weakened to. Okay, I kind of get the point you were making earlier. She's basically trying to weaken her arguments to the the most necessary point to prove them true. So earlier, I I get. I was being a little stubborn, but she's saying we had overkill before because we don't have to kill these people just because. If we didn't, they were going to kill us. We need to kill them only because um, if we don't, we will die. Yes. Gotcha. I I get it. I get it.
0: I think that we should not be moved by that idea. Is it really to be thought that Y kills X only if Y aggresses against X? Suppose a piano and a safe fell off a roof, and we know that one fell on Alfred— and that the event that consisted in its fall on him killed him. We might ask, which killed Alfred, the piano or the safe? The correct answer might be, the piano, despite the fact that pianos commit no acts of aggression. Which of these bullets killed Kennedy, asked the museum curator of the bullets just donated to the museum by the police. That one, say the police, pointing to one in particular. And they might be right. Indeed, I should think that if an event that consists in the fall of Y on X kills X, then it follows that Y killed X, whatever Y may
1: be. Interesting thought. The piano
0: done killed Alfred.
1: (laughs) Moreover, the suggested alternative weakening of the premise is not self-explanatory. What exactly is it for one thing to be a threat to the life of another? The two drivers will kill you if you do not kill them and perhaps that clearly enough marks them, in some appropriate sense, threats to your life. If we say it is not true of the fat man that he will kill you if you do not kill him, then what exactly does he have in common with the two drivers that is supposed to mark him, too, as in the same sense, a threat to your life?
0: So I suggest we reject both the idea and the suggested alternative weakening of the premise. I suggest we say that Like the drivers in Villainous Aggressor and Innocent Aggressor, the fat man and Innocent Threat will kill you if you do not kill him. There is no need to be confused. We need merely remember about the fat man that, though he will kill you if you do not kill him, he will not have killed you by an act of aggression. If we agree to this, and I will assume we do, then we can say that in all three cases, the person you kill if you proceed will otherwise
1: kill you. And then, if we are in agreement that morality permits proceeding in all three cases, why not say it is that premise that explains why? Well, it will not do. I think we are helped to get at what is missing if we attend first to some cases in which that premise is false.
0: 4. The three cases we have been looking at are cases in which I think it is permissible for you to kill a person in defense of your life. I will therefore call them yes cases. It is perfectly plain on any view that there are no cases, cases in which it is impermissible for you to kill a person in defense of your life. Three classes are of particular interest. In the first place, there are substitution of a bystander cases. In a case I will call trolley, a villain has started a trolley down a track toward you. You cannot stop the trolley, but you can deflect it. Unfortunately, the only path onto which you can deflect it will take it onto a bystander who cannot get off the path in time. I intend this allusion to the trolley problem and will return to it briefly later. I take it to be plain that you may not proceed. If you proceed, you will be making a bystander
1: a substitute victim, hence the name of the class. A second class of cases might be called use of bystander cases. A villain has started a trolley down a track towards you, And the only way you have a defending yourself is to shoot a bystander who stands on a footpath over the track. (laughs) He is sufficiently heavy to crush the trolley's rooftop mechanism when he falls onto it, which will thereby stop the trolley. In this case, too, it is planned that you may not proceed. To proceed would be to use a bystander as a piece of equipment, hence the name of the class. I don't know if I agree with that. Well, let, let me, let me, let's get through these other ones. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The mark of use of a bystander case is that you need the bystander you would have to kill if you are to defend your life. In a use of a bystander case, if the bystander goes miraculously out of existence just before you act, then there is no way at all in which you can defend yourself. That is not true in substitution of a bystander cases, such as trolley. But there are cases that fall into both classes as, for example, where you defend yourself against a villain's gunfire by grabbing a bystander and using him as a shield so that he is shot instead of you. That case is both a substitution of a bystander case and a use of a bystander case.
1: The human meat shield. Yeah. So she's saying those things are bad. Yeah, she's saying those things are bad for various reasons. So her third example of this type of class, this case of class this class of case (laughs) i will call for want of a better name riding rough shot over a bystander case (laughs) a villain is shooting at you and your only defense is to run but your only path to safety lies across a bridge that will hold only one person and there already is a man on it if you rush onto the bridge he will be toppled off it onto the valley below In this case, it is plain that you may not proceed. If you proceed, you do not make a bystander be a substitute victim, so it is not a substitution of a bystander case. If you proceed, you do not use a bystander as a piece of equipment, so it is not a use of a bystander case. What you do, if you proceed, is ride roughshod over a bystander, hence the name of the class. I don't know how i feel about these yet I, i'm gonna have to see what her final conclusion i'm guessing based on our previous argument at the end of this she's going to give the the weakest necessary argument to defend <laughs> <laughs> which which is good but yeah, yeah yeah i don't know if i don't i don't know if i can agree this next one i really like because it's basically a version of the argument i made in our uh level four cannibal episode
0: (laughs) okay yeah proceeding in some of these cases is worse than proceeding in others here is another use of a bystander case which i will call starvation some villains throw you in a dungeon and leave you there without food for several weeks not surprisingly you are by now very hungry to tempt you and thereby increase your misery The villains now introduce a plump baby into the dungeon. They remove the baby for feeding periodically, so that it is at no risk of starvation. But you are. May you eat the baby? Of course not. It would presumably be far worse to eat the baby in starvation, which is a use of a bystander case, than it would be to turn the trolley in trolley, which is a substitution of a bystander case. If, in the press of fear, you turn the trolley in trolley, we might think this though wrongful, nevertheless, more and less excusable. If in the press of pain and fear, you ate the baby in starvation, that would be both wrongful and in no measure excusable, but proceeding in use of a bystander cases is not everywhere worse than proceeding in substitution of a bystander cases and writing roughshod over a
1: bystander cases. Okay. So this is where I'm going to make the same argument I made in our episode. I don't see why if I'm starving, I can't eat infinite babies. <laughs> and I mean that in all seriousness. Because
0: I know it's she's just, the, the sentence is wild <laughs> I know.
1: because her argument is almost. I almost feel like it's an ingenuine because it's the example of a baby. I mean, it's a good case called starvation. I like it. I like the imagery. But the idea of that eating a baby is so fucking wrong. When you're dying now, I agree. It could be the worst thing you have to do to survive. Eating an innocent baby. Let, let's say it's the worst thing you could ever have to do to survive. Mm-hmm. And I would think it could be a good thing. It I, it is completely okay permissible maybe even encouraged not to eat the baby but i i think at the very least it is still excusable as at the very least at the very least as an animal that requires uh in this situation meat to live and mm. this is your only way of having calories i don't blame the the imprisoned victim in this situation. I blame the captors. I don't see how it's the fault of the person who's dying of starvation to cease that pain.
0: Yeah. So I, I agree that it, it could be excusable. I think by saying it is by no measure excusable as she did, I think that's wrong. Yeah. Permissible is where you start to get into the gray area. Mm -hmm. I think it is, but I, I think that it is, I think it's fair to say it is both fucked up, a fucked up thing to do and also excusable.
1: <laughs> yeah, because like if we think of like uh, stories of like uh, the Dahmer party, where like people have to cannibalize each other to survive, it's always mm-hmm. looked at as like, oh, that's so sad they had to do that. But what an inspiring story! Like it's it, mm-hmm. it's almost always like so many fucking movies, books, whatever. Like it, some people are always gonna call them cruel, barbaric, whatever. But for the most part, people understand in real life if you have to cannibalize someone you love especially if they're dead especially all all the other things proceeding but if we look at like uh prisoners of war or whatever you're thrown in a fucking little desert jail for five years uh trying to be ransomed back and they're beheading people and shit and you have to eat fucking crickets for a year everyone's gonna look at that as brave right you had to eat Mm -hmm. what you had to to survive If we keep making that a slightly bigger animal, that still doesn't even have a fully fleshed out consciousness, who can't have true uh, freedom of mind and body, and we eat that little baby because we need to survive, I can't say that's wrong at all. And I I feel like she's taking a jump, although she may uh, push back on her own argument here in a minute too, but... I don't think it should be stated that it's outright unacceptable. (laughs) Suppose you are a subway track workman. A subway is headed towards you. One, there's a small alcove in the wall near you, but there is another workman already in it. You can pull him out into the path of the subway and get into the alcove yourself. This is a substitution of a bystander case. Two, there is a small alcove in a wall near you, but there is another workman already in it. You can force your way into the alcove, thereby crushing him to death. This is a riding rough shot over a bystander case. And three, there is no alcove, but there is another workman with you on the track. You can shove him into the path of the subway, which will stop it. This is a use of a bystander case. I do not think that there is any difference in the degree of moral badness of your proceeding accordingly as we supply ending one, two, or three to the story that begins with the subway headed towards you. So she's saying she doesn't even think those are all different. Um, Do we agree? Shoving someone under, pushing them out of their spot, or what was the other one?
0: Uh, crushing them.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I
0: think I the, the riding roughshod thing, what so the differences that she's positing are one, you are you are taking someone who is otherwise not in danger and putting them in danger to save yourself. You uh the other one is you kill someone to get yourself out of danger that otherwise that person was not a threat to you. Or the other one is using someone, killing, putting someone into harm's
1: way. But it doesn't matter because she's saying they're all morally equally bad. Right. In the their they, they,
0: they, those are the differences, but they are morally bad on the same level is what she's saying.
1: Now, I would argue, if anything, I think, I think the throwing the person under – could be considered more bad. It's all circumstantial, but I think that could be considered more bad. Even if in all of them we don't know uh, that we are for sure killing, let's say in all of them we don't know for sure we're killing someone. Well, I guess that is the difference. If you're throwing yeah. someone or you're taking a direct action attempting to kill a person, while the other two you're taking an action that ideally is saving your life, but you're not for sure throwing them into a train. Yeah, even if you know that might be what happens, I think the intent involved in physically throwing the person is different.
0: I I think, and this is this is where a presupposition would be better on this. I think that the idea is that they're all, they're all morally the same. If know. if you go into the this with thinking that you know that someone else is going to die and you are going to live
1: yeah that's
0: fair if if that's the three if that's the case with each of these situations then morally they are the same someone else has to die so you ha- so you can live
1: yeah i would still feel way shittier if it was me and you in that tunnel and uh, you trying to get in the same space as me it's almost like a drowning person where they pull their helper underwater and drown yeah yeah that's what feels like trying to get into the alcove together would be Where like i might know i'm killing you but i feel like if you're up in heaven contemplating how you died and it was because i threw you under the train that feels different
0: yeah i feel like yeah i can agree with that yeah
1: i feel like that actually is morally worse (laughs) that's pretty fucked (laughs) that's
0: pretty rude man (laughs) why after all should it have been thought that the fact that you need the person you would have to kill in order to defend yourself makes it worse for you to proceed than it would have been had you not needed the person. If I am right in thinking that is the mark of a use of a bystander case, then using a person does not in general have the special moral taint that it has been ascribed to it. Appeals to the notion, quote, respect for persons, end quote, will certainly not suffice to make out this special moral taint. After all, if one proceeds in a substitution of a bystander case, a substitution of a bystander case that is not also a use of a bystander case, or in a riding roughshod over a bystander case, one behaves as if the person one kills were not there at all, surely no less a display of lack of respect for persons.
1: Let us go back. Cases of these three kinds are no-cases. And in all of them, our premise is false. It is not true in any of them that the person you have to kill to save your life will otherwise kill you. Indeed, that person is, as I have everywhere put it, a bystander. I do think that's a bit of an assumption she makes about bystanders because she kind of touched on it early, earlier because we don't truly know if the bystander should be considered innocent. It is more of a roll of the dice than a truth. Mm.
0: Innocent in this act of aggression,
1: but is and that
0: or say or lack of a lack of act of aggression? So, like,
1: yeah. I think
0: w- where she was saying before, like, you could have someone who did not leave, you know, like, led a life that made them a morally bad person, but if they are not at, at the acting aggressor in that scenario, then they are not a villainous aggressor.
1: I think that's where I might have an, a point of contention with her. Because I, I think you live your whole life as a bad person. I think your actions in these cases are in a different context. The intent, intent changes things. And I, I think to some extent, her argument from a philosophical point of view is that intent doesn't do moral work. But I think it does. It's just impossible to quantify. Mm-hmm. I mean, how innocent is anyone, really?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like you say, like, the, the, the road you're going down is leading to, like, you know, they've probably got some skeletons in their closet. <laughs> Fuck them. I'm going to push them under the subway. We just
1: rediscovered uh, <laughs> original <laughs> sin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just push
0: everybody <laughs> under the subway. What are we doing? Kill well, everybody. So
1: just flood flood the world. Guys, that's the end of the, the first four parts. This is about the first half of our paper. Definitely read the rest because it becomes increasingly more interesting and complicated, addressing ideas such as just warfare, which is, I really like, but it, it is a very hard one to go into, but it's something we've all lived through with the various- wars our country has led and the idea of uh just warfare is used by religion and politicians all the time so these scenarios are just really interesting but i think let's do final thoughts and yeah just read the rest of our fucking paper
0: let me let me have one one more take on um what you were saying about like we don't know like the the moral the the morally good or bad, like who this person is, like, you know, maybe maybe they do deserve to be pushed under the subway. There was <laughs> one of my favorite arguments that I heard people make during uh the COVID shit was like they're talking about like the death tolls and people are like Oh, you know, these people were probably – these those people were going to die anyways. The rich people die in Reddit thing. It's just yeah. like the, those people were going to die anyways. Like they might have died. They might have gotten hit by a car that year. Like we don't know. Like, you know, so what, what does that number even mean? And it's like it means they died from COVID. <laughs> well,
1: we just did the same thing with the submarine thing. People – if they expanded my argument to a realm I wouldn't go to, people were arguing – that all these rich people that popped in that submarine yeah that they deserved it because they're clearly bad people for having money and i wouldn't make that argument but a ton right. of people do and that was a yeah. whole whole thing we've seen over the last really two years of like people being assumed to be bad people so they deserve death and I, but i i think there's validness in the idea that we we can evaluate people for their actions mm-hmm but I think there's a lot of logic leaps that get from that to like instant death.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think I think it's fair to say in in that situation, especially that like it's not that they deserve to die because they were rich. It's that they were I stupid. don't feel entitled <laughs> to give them what you say because they were stupid. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're stupid. It's like it's more that I don't feel entitled to give them. As much sympathy because this was their own, these were their own choices and actions. I
1: don't believe you because I know you, but I think most people that wished death are actually at that point, because I think I think you are even more empathetic to that, where if we pushed the logics of that argument, I think you'd feel they're of equal empathy as having uh no fault as if they were. Killed by an innocent aggressor. Because <laughs> if you, let's say you had a family member who got a crazy raise at their company, and uh, it was an awesome opportunity of a lifetime, their their fucking boss gave them a crazy raise, and they had this chance that they did no research because it was through trusted other people with money, and this was their their chance to do something wonderful, spectacular. No one else has died from it.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying that it's devoid of it should be devoid of all sympathy. I'm saying that it doesn't deserve it doesn't demand it from me for it doesn't demand as much from me as another as other
1: situations could. Uh, yeah, but I guess my point is to you it wouldn't your amount of empathy wouldn't change based on how much money they had. Where, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. the in- I mean, I mean, uh, but the it, entire- I mean a, a
0: little bit, but not not like like other people were getting. No. It's
1: this. It's the same thing as like all cops are bastards. It like how yeah. co- I I don't understand. I know you're not doing this, but in general, I don't understand how we can say people are bad for being rich. I'm mo- not
0: saying they're bad. We're just saying they're bastards.
1: <laughs> it's like most yeah. most rich people might be shitty, but I'm not willing to like call all people with money bad people. Right. Even most. I can say ninety nine point nine percent of cops are scum, but you I got can't.
0: people like fucking Mr. Beast out here. He's got money, <laughs> and he's not a bad person. And he's probably. an awesome
1: police officer. <laughs> he's a great cop. <laughs> Here's the thing: is Mr. Beast does some officer, good shit, Officer and he,
0: Beast. He's
1: <laughs> he's not the worst person ever, but he's just a loser. I just don't understand. <laughs> he just lame shit, and it's super nerdy. And we all like acted like he was cool because he gave us money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because you don't want to be on record of saying something bad about Mr. Beast, because if you meet him in person, he's like, well, I was giving people thousands of dollars today, but you're that one motherfucker that said that thing about me, and
1: I want, I'm want i not going to give it to you. He's like the first person ever that bought coolness. It's literally the only reason he got
0: coolness. That, that can't be true. He can't be the first person to buy coolness. On
1: this level, yeah. He's... Mm. For the amount of money for cool, he went pretty far. <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final thoughts.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it's fair to say my number one takeaway from this is that the defense of self-defense uh, is highly circumstantial. I think there there are definitely formulaic cir- circumstances where your actions of self-preservations are obviously expected and permissible, but real-life examples aren't always so cut and paste from hypotheticals. And their actions in that moment are going to be driven by maybe not so much a logic, but by fear and, you know, fight or flight reaction kind of situations. So I feel that where they're like, especially in like the no cases we talked about some of those cases, while, while shitty situations I can understand them still as a sense of self preservation kicks in and takes over to where I wouldn't call them no cases that just, that's a, that's a shitty situation. Not all the time, at least. I'm sure, I'm sure there are, you know, examples where people are making conscious you know, decisions. Yeah, conscious dec- decisions to harm others in, in lieu of themselves being harmed at all and it's it's even still like that's not
1: i get it it's a pressure decision it's not a pure decision yeah people act differently in this circumstance i i feel that it's not
0: a, a premeditated plan of like if someone shoots me today i'm gonna put i'm gonna hold someone else in front of me
1: yeah 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 as as my final thoughts as much as i enjoy reading her writing i i I know we spent some time on it, but I really do wish philosophy papers were required to have better and more clear formatting. I like the convincing writing, but I wish she had clear, additionally, even if it was separate, I wish she had clear logic proofs that explained exactly what she believed as well, or what she, not what she believes, what she believes is true. Um, her writing is imaginative and fascinating. But I wish her ultimate conclusions were a little bit more clear. If I had to summarize the overall takeaway from the paper, for me, I would say that it is and ought to be permissible to kill villainous aggressors when necessary to save oneself from grievous harm. But more importantly, she does add that evil intent and thus culpability of the villainous aggressor is not a necessary condition for justified self-defense, and this I don't think I can get behind. I think I might disagree with her here. I think evil intent and thus the culpability it it, it might not be a necessary condition for a known villainous aggressor, but I think it is a major factor in all self-defense i I think what so another being's intention towards you matters and i think it grants us as individuals a lot of ground to react differently Mm -hmm. almost like what you said i might be tapping into the same thing a bit where depending on what the other person feels towards you i think that that does change what you should be allowed to do to them and while some of this may feel obvious, this is the ethical groundwork upon which most self-defense theory builds upon. This type of thinking, her writing, and this idea of how we handle violence in a justified way between people. I have—I imagine I have many disagreements with Judy Jarves <laughs> as I find that her work doesn't always go nearly far enough as I would like it to. I would like to have more robust ideas about protecting ourselves, as I believe it is paramount as animals to defend ourselves from aggression of any sort. I I wish she just went a little farther. Mm -hmm. And while she seems to believe that excessive force or any amount of force found to be more than absolutely needed ought not to be used, I foolheartedly disagree with this i believe if someone has demonstrated villainous intent and threat to our lives even if they're not presently a threat even if they're not fucking there and it's a year later i strongly feel we have full moral justification for unlimited force to that person and even things such as time and place should not bear limit to that force and in conclusion I should be allowed to eat as many fucking babies as I need to to survive. Infinite babies for infinite years. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Cookie monster. <laughs> Baby monster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: Nom, 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 <laughs> Shouts out to Big Booteth, Judith. Big Booty Judy, Judy Jarves. She, she I really do, I, I like, I mean, we're we're critiquing it to make it interesting. I want to yeah. push back as much as possible, but I enjoy her writing, and we're definitely going to circle back to her In Defense of Abortion paper, because yeah, yeah. it is fundamental philosophy, and it's really interesting. I'm curious if we would choose to keep the violinist alive or not. I'll, I'll give a little... <laughs> A little hint. I wouldn't keep the violence alive, <laughs> <a lot. laughs> but it would be fun to uh debate why or why not. But yeah. uh, I'm I'm glad we got to this one, and we got some really cool ideas coming up, and uh some fun stuff. So appreciate you guys sticking around. We had a a weird month or so, but we're we're back on track. So
0: yeah, work's gonna be slowing down for me here, so I should be able to
1: record more regularly and we should be good You're getting ready to get back into full research mode huh
0: <laughs> yeah full on every episode is going to be three hours long oh, <laughs> Just be dope, after though. edits <laughs> thanks again for listening everybody thank you to approaching human for the use of his music you can find his work on soundcloud at approaching dash human Thanks, John. Make sure to check out the show page at Trash Cats Trash Cast on Instagram for news and arts from the show. Check
1: out Facebook for the memes. For the memes. If you're super bored, you can check out my trashy art on Instagram at SkyzixSKYZSCX. And yeah, cool stuff. But I got some really fun ideas. I got some uh, stuff I'm genuinely excited to uh, talk with you about and share to everybody. So
0: it'll be fun. Fuck yeah. That's going to be all for us today. Stay classy, eat, trashy. Go fast, eat trash.